Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories today. I am your good, good Corona boy, Mike Cushing. And I am the defund police to his Black Lives Matter, Michael Howard. Yeah, Michael, abolish those shits, man. Fucking Please. get rid of it all. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, man. I like didn't I don't I don't like to start the the show off on a on a negative note, but I don't think it's necessarily a negative note. This is a positive note. This is a positive note of support. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I just wanted to get it out there just in case anybody who listens to this show thought otherwise. Yeah, I mean, like, if you needed a signal that may, like, if you, I don't know, somehow just discovered this show and you needed a signal that maybe this isn't for you, that's probably a good one. That's like, we're going to good tell, one. We'll get to dick jokes. I mean, like, we'll do that. But, like, just know that if you don't agree with those two statements, maybe go fuck yourself. Yeah. Maybe just fuck off into the sun. Yeah. Or, I mean. That, or anywhere, really, that isn't here now yeah. on this earth. But, you know, Michael, you bring up an interesting point. Mm -hmm. So we've been pretty staunch that we're here to bring levity and joy and brightness and like me not understanding how science works to the masses. Like that's been the basis of our show. I think we, for the most part, made a really conscious effort after our first three episodes (laughs) to not do anything overtly political because it was inherently not fun and there was always something fun happening yeah on the internet there's always something else to talk about other than politics yeah always yeah except michael i've learned i i've discovered a fatal flaw in our show that is mm. predicated on finding news that is funny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the internet yes when on the internet there is nothing nope except the worst things <laughs> Yeah, um and it's a burden we bear. It's gladly. even even the stuff that like is funny is like baked into something so unfunny that you don't want to read about it. Yeah, like I mean, so we talked about so Michael, my my home state, my my lovely home state of Georgia, actually home to a number of tilt stories this week that will come Oof. up. Re- most recently, um the officer who had to wait 45 seconds to get her McMuffin and Oh, my God. She went to McDonald's at a lunch rush and then had to pull up into the designated spots that they have for drive-thru orders when there are two backed up. Yeah. It's it's inherently funny to watch and see someone have a meltdown over something that everyone experiences and also is weirdly proud that she paid for her own meal. But also, so funny, they let her have a gun. Yeah. That's when it becomes unfunny when you realize, oh, she is either emotionally unstable because I don't know, she just is, or she did say she's been up for a long time. But either way, she is a cop with a gun and the authority to basically arrest anyone at any time for any reason. And she is crying about the fact that her McMuffin took too long. I mean... Listen, as someone who has had to pull up and wait up by the door for All my the food, time. literally every time I go to a fast food restaurant, I don't love it. I'll be, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest and upfront with you. Don't want to. Like, don't hey, want to. I've already been in line for eleven minutes, and I just wanted my eight piece nuggies. That's it. It's time for my nugs, and I had to go sit there. And you know what, Michael, I don't like it. I'll Here's be honest the with thing. you. Here's the thing, though. 
The egg McMuffin is literally the only thing they actually make that egg. Yeah. When you order the McMuffin, they make the egg. So if you order a McMuffin and there is a lot of people at McDonald's, which there probably are in the morning, Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have to fucking wait for the egg McMuffin. And you could choose to either be terrified for your life that someone was going to Shake Shack style poison your McMuffo or just appreciate the artisanship and craftsmanship that goes into cracking that big, beautiful egg and oh putting it on God. that big slab of muffin. She probably only ever goes to Chick-fil-A. Maybe. Is the problem. I will say for some reason, the thing that I'm not going to say bothered me most in that, but did stand out as troublesome to me was that she explicitly said English muffin. Mm-hmm. In it, and I was like, "Y'all, come on, we're you're rural Georgia at a McDonald's <laughs> at five a.m. You call that a McMuffin like everybody else? That's an American muffin, and you deal with it." Mm-hmm. I also love how she took the coffee, but then said, "Don't bring the food." It's like, lady, the coffee taste covers up literally everything. Mm-hmm. Like we could have done anything to this coffee. Why would yeah, we mess it- with the food? The coffee's the easy stuff to mess with. I'm just saying, yeah. in, in, in Fight Club, when they mess with everyone's food at the fancy place, they mess with the liquid stuff. Right. It's easier to hide. Right. You're just like out here drinking coffee all the time. And again, let's, and you know what? I mean, okay, you, Michael, it's not just defund the police. It's pile on the police time right now. <laughs> just, again, speaking the Shake Shack thing. Where Every time that a cop has accused somebody of t- tainting their food, it has turned out to be a hoax or they forgot that they took a bite out of their burger. Right. Or, again, though, if you're going to have your union say that three of you were poisoned by Shake Shack employees when you just got diarrhea from a milkshake, <laughs> my bud's like, again, I've had to wait for my food. I've yep. had to go. I've had to pull up past the window and wait. Lots of times. I've also had mild lactose intolerance for and sure. Sometimes I make bad choices oh, with yeah. what I eat and I pay for it. I pay and that. Pri- I pay the iron price gladly for that. Okay. Especially if like you're following a Shake Shack burger and like onion rings or fries or something and then washing it down with a milkshake. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Listen, like a 50 50 proposition on the diarrhea, right? On the best on the best of times. And you know what? Hey, guess what? I know it's a stressful job, especially probably right now. Sure. So, like, take care of your bowels. Don't wash it down with the milkshake. Don't Get wash it down with the milkshake because that that just mixes with the anxiety and causes the poop. Rather, hey, rather than destroying bottles of water out on the streets, just take one. Drink and you can wash down your burger for free, homie. With life-giving water. Michael, how are you, buddy? I I hesitate to answer that question because I, I was just going to say instinctively good, but like right. no, that would imply no. that things are good to be good about. But I would say just on a, a, a comparative level to the rest of our COVID lockdown and everything that's gone with it, I'm doing well. Nice. Better than average over the last three months. Yeah, we are definitely in like a weird, I mean, like, it's been such a roller coaster ride with like (laughs) peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. And I feel like things have started to like feel normal, like quote unquote normal again, which makes me terrified for what's going to happen in, I don't know, a day. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like every time you kind of let your guard down a little bit, something happens like. I took one day 
I took a Sunday mm-hmm. and w- I wasn't with my phone. We didn't have I was we were out in the morning and I came back and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch movies and I'm not going to look at my phone. Literally like the entire this was the Sunday after everything went went haywire with the George Floyd protests. That Sunday was that day. I was like, well, shit, I picked the wrong fucking day to not check social media for a while. Michael, I did the same thing and I disconnected because I had to work a ton the weekend before last and last week. I was probably pulling 14 hour days most times and I cut off social media at 6 p.m. last Friday and didn't look again really until Sunday, like Sunday night when I got back to Atlanta. Like I had minor check ins, so I knew what was going on. But in that time, Atlanta PD killed the man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Atlanta protesters burned down a Wendy's, blocked traffic on I-75. Um, Which, once again, I will reiterate what I what I retweeted, but if I am murdered, please burn down wherever it happens. Oh, yeah. For, like, <laughs> just do it. I am on record that I my, my very specific funeral rites that I want like <laughs> observed at, around my grave. Prior to that, mm-hmm. burn down wherever I died. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care what it is. Just <laughs> where it was. Viking funeral, my home, or wherever <laughs> I wound up being killed. Like, please. Um, but then, Michael, I did also forget to say that um, as part of that Friday night, uh, the people I was with as part of it, like a mini bachelor party insisted on going out to bars, which um, the day after that, I found out that uh, no less than 16 people contracted coronavirus at that bar. Um, luckily, I was wearing a mask. Like a nerd at a bar. The only, but see, the mask, the mask does much more to protect other people than it does to protect you, which is the biggest injustice of them all. I, I did. So first of all, I was with three physicians um, and I did ask one of them, like, is this even doing anything? He's like, nah, man. I was like, cool. Glad I'm here. <laughs> yeah. The mask is supposed to protect you from spewing your infected droplets at other people. And so since I think we told them that. And then since the like half the country is in a fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, but not in a good way mode, like they just don't wear a mask because it's for you to feel comfortable around me. Yeah. Michael, that does actually remind me of the um what you just like the lyric, the Rage Against the Machine lyrics you just <laughs> quoted uh, also <laughs> remind me of a tilt story that I had totally forgotten about. But the man on uh, on Twitter who tweeted at Tom mm. Morello the lead guitarist of Rage Against the Machine, saying, I used to like your music until you got so political on Twitter. On Twitter is where he got political. Yeah. Not in literally all of their albums and songs all the time forever. every piece of music Tom Morello has ever, ever worked on. Dude, did they not watch the the Grammys where the one of the members of Rage Against the Machine climbed to the top of that one scaffolding and started yelling... I don't even remember what he was yelling about, but but probably something political would be my guess. You don't normally climb up to this top. Well, it's either political or just like sex charge rants. <laughs> so either one. But um, yeah, that's um, Michael. Did I ever tell you about the time my dad was watching the World Series and Tom Morello was in the stands and wearing a Yankees hat and Joe Buck was like, and there's Tom Morello, big Yankees fan, uh, Rage Against Machine guitarist. And my dad called me and was like, Hey, you think I'd like Rage Against the Machine? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It's like, yeah, no, for sure, for Bulls sure. On parade. You Start would, you it out. would love it, Dad. Yeah. 
It depends. How do you feel about communists? <laughs> What's Pro funny though against? is that they probably like my dad would probably be the same thing the same way, but like they listened to the equivalent of Rage Against the Machine in the in the sixties and seventies for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know if there necessarily was one. <laughs> oh, come on. There was protest music like and Jimi Hendrix, like Bob Dylan, basically all of you know, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know if there was anyone explicitly yelling about the Sandinistas. Well, you know, <laughs> I, you know, it was like there was a lot of Vietnam War stuff going on. Yeah, there was it was a time of activism, I would say. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is one of the I guess. So maybe it's just like the activism, but then it was like paired with like the massive opportunity afforded to like our parents generation that's just like i saw something on twitter uh michael you you probably definitely heard like growing up it's like if you're like below 25 and like you're a republican you don't have a heart and Mm -hmm. if you're above 30 and you're a democrat you don't have a brain yeah um like you're just gonna get naturally more conservative it's like i don't think i know anybody in my entire life who's gotten more conservative as they've gotten older yeah i think the the problem was is that I think the correlation was that as you get older, you accumulate more wealth and then you feel more protective of it. So you are more for Republican things like tax cuts and, you know, not, you know, not the estate tax and stuff. Um, The problem is, is that we haven't really increased the previous generation's wealth very much. So they, one, aren't getting richer so they're certainly not getting more conservative but they're also very much realizing who it is that's keeping them down and it is 100 percent all the people who have billions of dollars and are lobbying lobbying people every day yeah so so anyway tom morello is a conservative <laughs> so tom morello he also had that thing on uh instagram where he was like <laughs> Somebody said something similar to him and he was like, yeah, this isn't about, you know, politics. It's about all this stuff. And then he's like, but you don't have to have a political science degree from Harvard to be able to figure that out. And he's like, but in case you're wondering, I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's always got I mean, I always love when I like I think someone, uh, you know, for Christopher Miller is or Christopher Lord. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's Chris Miller. He wrote he wrote the Lego movie. Oh, and uh, he retweeted something from some Fox News person about like the song "Everything Is Awesome." And he's like, "Well, actually, I wrote that about a fascist authoritarian regime, uh, like brainwashing people, uh, you know, into into believing everything was fine when it wasn't." And someone responded, "Is like, hey man, like, why don't you just watch? Like, it's just about building bricks. Like, it's really, it's not that deep." It's <laughs> just like I wrote the I, fucking song. I, I guy. wrote like, it. So, I so anyway, everything's the worst. The Lego movies are great, though. I haven't seen the second one. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm a big fan of all the Lego movies. Okay. I saw the first one. I loved it. I liked that it got Will Arnett a a Lego MasterChef (laughs) show. That's fun. That show's great. Have you actually watched it? I haven't seen that either. No, Michael, I haven't seen shit. I did start watching Ozark, which is not good for my stress levels, but um, it's good. I'm definitely on the nothing but stupid comedies or sci-fi that is Stupid. much much further in the future than i will experience yeah no so yeah so i've i've finished my expanse rewatch i've done scrubs i did happy endings 
Um, I tried to watch I, I, Children of Men. Michael, that's a bad one. That no. was a bad one. It made it about 30 minutes in before I gave up on that that one. I was like, hey, it's uh, it's the dude who did it's Alfonso Cuaron. It's the guy who did Gravity. Yeah, nothing grim there. <laughs> <laughs> the only thinking about dystopian futures I have done at all was when uh, Andrew Yang tweeted that, like, I think we just need to rebrand police as like the guardians or something like the defenders just to make people like so the name really speaks to what they should be doing i was like homie that's just setting up a young adult novel where in 150 years a ragtag group of teenagers will discover that the guardians were always the enemy hiding behind a a nice name we should write that i mean uh tm tm uh, my spec script is uh, it's it's halfway done please and in, in it we will uh, see a near future where Andrew Yang actually becomes president somehow and he is the one who institutes the Guardian program mm-hmm. but it's mostly drones because he is a tech guy yeah and it turns into like a Terminator style autocratic fascist anti Antifa kind of film I think so autocratic Antifa huh no no no, no. like we're <laughs> Antifa against the autocratic fascism oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, by nature of the name, exactly for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, do we want to talk about any stories? <laughs> um, yes, yes, I do. Okay, there is the one about how Bigfoot is in the Bible, but he's a tool of the devil. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about that, but I did just want to say it on the yep. podcast. Yep. Um. Oh, Michael, one thing I did watch, which you did bring up, um, I watched Space Force. Which was not a good show. Space Force is is not good. It's not a great show. It is better than Avenue Five, another space comedy. Um, and it had moments where it's like, this could maybe be good. I but it's bad. Here's the thing. So Steve Carell, the first season of The Office was a little bit uneven as well. Mm-hmm. They're feeling their 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 footing out, and these are the same 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 guys. Also, Ben Schwartz was on Parks and Rec, which notoriously the first season is, is the bad worst. The worst. so uh, you know and john malkovich is john malkovich mm-hmm. he's good in like he's good in everything so like oh speaking of which you showed me being john malkovich for the first time like three weeks ago in Chicago, right so, amazing right yeah that's very good um so like maybe if it gets a second season they'll they'll figure it out eh? Yeah, it had, like, moments of heart, but, like, it was weird that, like, Steve Carell was doing this weird, like, gruff general mm-hmm. voice yeah. for half the show. <laughs> like, it's literally half, and I don't know if it's just supposed to be an affect that he has when he's doing military, but, like, it goes away for literally yeah. fully half of any time he's on screen. It's, like, halfway to a bail Batman. Yeah. But also, it's very much Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, it's like Michael Scott. It, it is. It's like Michael Scott trying to be a general, like what Michael right. Scott imagines a general sounds like. Yeah, and so the show isn't great. Like it's definitely <laughs> a little uneven. But unfortunately, it has become the best comedy of all. Like it's the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> it's the funniest thing of all time now. Yeah, Did you care to tell me why? Yeah, because. Apparently, the U.S. military didn't get on that whole Space Force thing 
uh, as quick as Netflix's show did. And so the U.S. military could actually lose a trademark battle with the Netflix show. I think they did lose the trademark <laughs> battle with the Netflix show. <laughs> yeah, so they, you know, they announced Space Force two years ago, but since it was just announced as a tweet, like every other policy we have now, um, they didn't really take it very seriously for a while. And then when they finally started things going... Uh, they had already, you know, Space Force, the TV show, because they know how trademarks and and copyrights work. They immediately trademarked the show. As far as I know, all they would have had to do is someone went on a podcast and said Space Force TM, 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 TM. <laughs> yes. And then your idea is golden. Like you're protected. You're made in the shade. You got it. So the, the best part is that like you don't even need to have the trademark to talk about a military branch like there are army and navy and marines and coast guard movies and tv shows that i I assume are not given license from those entities right like you can just talk about the navy i think you can just say the navy but i think if you like i i do think they if you show the navy you have to pay the navy actually i bet the navy pays movies because i know (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> like, you don't have to pay the president or the government when you want to use, like, the president of the United States. Like, he's just, these are just public figures paid for by taxpayers. Right. I mean, technically, I own the army. Like, I should be able to get- parody the army as much as I want. I don't have to pay people shit. That's why I feel pretty good about dunking on the police nonstop. First There's of all, an you army suck navy shit. store. You have yeah. a store, friends. Surplus. I could buy your extra shit. Yeah. And also, so does my police force, because you know, we gave them tanks and stuff for a dollar. And, you know, that's problematic at uh, best. <sighs> but anyway, Space Force, not good, but pretty fucking funny on the whole, because, God, you, all you had to do was make one call to the office you run. <laughs> that's literally, like, down the street from you. Like, it's in the same branch of government, homies. Yeah. I think. It sounds executive. Executive? Sure. The Patent and Trademark Office? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. All right, Michael. I think there's a couple things that we need to talk about. Yes. Hands down. Do you want to talk? I mean, the man who was fined for farting with full intent at police. That's (laughs) just. Yeah, I feel like that. It's a way to dunk on the police more, which obviously I want to do, while also talking about things in our wheelhouse like bodily functions. So first of all, this man was in Vienna, Austria. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I have been um, really motivated and, and like jazzed up to see is how much people around the world are also not always with the best of intentions or really nailing it, but like supporting Black Lives Matter and protesting against police brutality. I yeah, like I would just like to show all of the cops in the United States who have been tear gassing and beating people for literal peaceful protests or just quote unquote disrespecting them to watch some of these protests in Europe where they're literally lighting the US embassy on fire. I do definitely want to I think we officially need to like really as a country and a culture really rethink France and their <laughs> a willingness and ability to show up to get mad it's and the, destroy shit. It's the French government though that's they they're the ones who lost the the wars. Sure. The French people people. are very resilient, and and that's why they're so rude. And 
and like down to clown like mm-hmm. whenever wherever because mm-hmm. i as far as i know it, within the last decade 15 years anytime anybody's protesting paris is like all right let's party burn bitch yep let's get down i'm ready yeah um so this man austrian man has been fined six hundred dollars essentially for breaking <laughs> quote breaking wind loudly in front of police <laughs> um but <laughs> city police wrote on twitter that quote of course no one is reported for accidentally letting one go but they added that the man had behaved provocatively and uncooperatively during an encounter with officers that preceded the incident he got up from a park bench, looked at officers, and, quote, let go of massive intestinal wind, apparently with full intent. And our colleagues don't like to be farted at so much. This is such this is such an important case because, like, it really does get to the heart of the question. Is a fart a weapon? Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, listen, not to get, again, not to really just bring it right on back, but... um. Apparently, deploying—I mean, like deploying tear gas—is a war crime. Yep, 100%. in wars. Yep, and uh, we're just shooting that willy nilly. So just honestly, right at our if, own citizens. If if I'm, you know what? If I'm catching a baton to the head and I'm I'm getting dogpiled on and by cops, and I just rip some nasty ass, you can't charge me for that. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: I have a very, uh, I have a weak stomach because of the anxiety. If and I was Shake Shack. If I was if I was getting, you know, arrested and beaten by police, I'm probably just gonna shit myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's on them, really. Defensively, reflexively, reflexively. Yeah, yeah I, can't I have stop a pre-existing condition that required me to shit all over all of them. So, I mean, Michael, you kn- you know how I do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with twosies. Oh yeah. I mean, I know that I could never and cannot weaponize a twosie, <laughs> but like. If it comes out, then that you know that means something serious yeah. is happening. Yeah. Um, I do want to really break down what, quote, with full intent means physically as you approach an officer of the law to fart on them. I mean, I assume this is just what every older brother does to younger brothers, which is just you walk up to them when they're sitting on the couch watching TV and you just... Fart as loudly as possible right in their face. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, hold them down physically because you're five years, four years older than them and just sit on their head and then, like, fart I mean, in their ear. Yeah, I mean, that is, that would be, I guess that's full intent. Mine's, yeah. like, half intent. Um, My brother and I used to do a cool move. I think I invented, I think I'm going to claim, I'm going to claim uh, ownership of this one. TM, TM, TM. I called it the turn and burn after Mm. watching uh, Top Gun. Uh, Essentially, say your brother or little sister were standing at the end of a hallway. You would sprint at them at full speed, jump in the air, turning and fart directly in their face and then sprint back the other direction. Oh, The, the turn and burn. I like that a lot. Um, My sisters didn't. Um, but if there was a new home alone, they should definitely use that one. The turn and burn. But it'd be like turn and burn and you light it at the same time to light the burglar's face on fire. Ooh, yeah. hello. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm going to assume this was a older man. <laughs> and I want to say f- breaking wind with full intent means that he 
like got down on haunches. <laughs> like homie spread his cheeks a little bit, probably lifted up the back of his like duster, his his overcoat, and just really stuck it out there for officers. I think to me, full intent means all right. Here I go. You get to deal with this now. Yeah, I mean, but once again, is a fart. Can a fart be a weapon? Like, if somebody has bad breath, you can't just arrest them for having bad breath. Unfortunately. Yeah. I'm just saying, if someone, like, smells bad on the train, you can't just be like, you're arrested for smelling bad. So, like, why is a fart, which sometimes is and sometimes isn't controllable, why would that be a weapon? I mean, it's Michael, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if someone on the subway smells like 19 cats pissed on him while that he laid in a in a bag, yeah. Sorry, nothing you can do. That's just his his thing. That's look. That's just that's just how it is. And anyway, you deal. I I just want to go on record that saying a fine larger than by a probably a factor of two. Any speeding ticket I've ever gotten for farting on cop in not even on cops in front of cops. <laughs> Vianney, you got some shit to figure out. He would they were farted at, not farted on, which like like yeah, if you were to, if you literally like got up on top of the police car and came up behind somebody and farted like in their face and gave them pink eye or some shit, then sure. Yeah, that seems like a finable offense. There's also one more word here, Michael, that I am massively curious about. <laughs> yes. Would you care to guess what it is? Provocatively? Yeah, that's the one, buddy. <laughs> so provocatively, are we talking like trying to provoke like a fight or provocatively in that like, ooh la la. Ooh la la. He, he did say he looked at, he got it from the park bench, looked at the officers. If he looked at them provocatively. Mm -hmm. Like, so I mean, I can see if I was an officer of law and trying to like really keep the peace and then someone just gives me like they're they're being, you know, uncooperative. That's part of it, obviously. Obviously. But then just like they flash an, a come hither look just like, oh, maybe maybe come on my way, Mr. Mr. Badge. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. And just I'm like in. invite you in yeah. provocatively. OK. And you come over and then he just lets a big fart out. Oh, on your dick. come on. It's like, OK, you know what, buddy? Now you're fine. I, I thought we had a yeah, deal. Now I'm writing you a ticket. Yeah. We had a we had an unwritten connection here. Thought we, we made eye something. contact provocatively. <laughs> I, thought we, eye I contact. thought we had something. <sighs> All right, Michael. Pick a story. Pick a is it toad is it toad time or million dollar time? It's million dollar time. All right. This is an important one. This is a dis I, Michael, this needs to be a discussion. Yep. I insist. Okay, so this is from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, another Atlanta story. Atlanta is a hotbed. It this is, is in the May middle 20th, of everything so right now. It's from May 20th, so this was kind of in our hiatus phase, our, our first hiatus. And we came back, and then we're gone again. Um, okay. <laughs> Virginia family out for a drive. Last weekend, stopped this truck to pick up what looked like two bags of trash thrown in the middle of the road. But after returning home, thing. discovered... Nearly one, yeah, you know, you like you do. You stop in the middle of the pickup trash. But then when they got home, discovered it contained nearly $1 million in cash inside. Hmm. So David Loose and Emily Shantz. or were they like rubber banded or what? Doesn't say. I mean, I have to assume they're probably bricks. Um, wait, 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 wait. They picked up the bag of trash and they were bringing it home with them? 
So <laughs> why were they not taking over... into a garbage can? Michael, this is super important. Their truck ran over a bag in Goochland County. <laughs> and they stopped to pick it up along with a second bag nearby. Hardly giving it a second thought, like you do. They tossed the bags in the back of the truck and kept going. Mm-hmm. Inside the bag, there are plastic baggies, and they were addressed with something that said, Cash Vault, said Emily Shantz. Faced with a choice. Wait, before you, decided- before you go on. Yeah. This is, I have a related story where I did lose two garbage bags full of cash, and I like to call my bank the cash vault. Yeah. So that's just, probably mine. I'm glad you found it. Yeah. Like, oh, thank man. You. So, so nice. So I'm nice. Glad you found I will, it. Yeah, I'll take that back now. Thank yeah, you. So nice. So, Michael, what would you do in this situation if you just found two garbage bags full of trash in, in a, on a highway in Goochland County, yep. Georgia? Um, Gooch, Goochland. Goochland? Yeah, Goochland? I'm probably, honestly, I think what I would do is I would probably f- try to figure out the number to take and then just dump the rest of it somewhere else, right? Like, okay. I would just be like, I've never seen this. I've never been a part of this, but I'm going to take some from it that is enough to be worth it to me, but not enough to be noticed, you know? So maybe like... Somewhere between ten and fifty thousand. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say. And important que- important follow up. Who would you not want to be noticed by? I mean, I anyone really. I live in Chicago, man. If there is a million dollars in the ground, it could be literally it could be politicians, it could be uh gangs, it could be uh who the fuck knows? Okay. The mafia. I yeah. So okay, I want to I want to finish the article first, and then we're gonna get back to this because mm-hmm. it's important. Okay. So they called the Caroline County Sheriff's deputy, turned in the money, just turned it in, both bags, million dollars. Deputies came, counted the money in the plastic bags. Were clue deputies were clueless how it wound up in the road in the first place. No one asked you. Yeah. Obviously. Later, Sheriff Major Scott Moser said authorities determined the rightful owner and where the money was headed, but did not reveal those details. So still unknown. Hmm. But he does say convenient. Moser. Moser said he hopes the chances receive an award for turning the money. Quote, their actions deserve nothing less. They saved someone a lot of money and set a wonderful example for someone else. So, drug dealers, please give them a yeah. thank you note. Yeah, so, I mean, all right. Cash Vault makes it sound like it was money that was, like, in one of those, uh, you know, like, a lot of the places have the time lock saves. That they that you can only get to every once in a while. So like, maybe it was a bunch of those that they yeah, were like taking Publix. to a bank. But like, why would you have them in little baggies, then put it into a garbage bag, and then and then take them to the, like? How is that the best way to transport a million dollars? Also, who has a million dollars cash at any given moment? Drug dealers. Uh, drug dealers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I have to say, in there is in the only option here. So, and this is partially just because I started watching Ozark. You can't do anything with cash. Like, if you just have cash, you can't do shit. No. Um, that's what I'm saying. But, like, you got to take something that's like you can slowly over time just deposit in your bank. Yeah. But there is literally no way you either have to take none of that money, just leave it on the side of the road, or give all of it to either the police <laughs> or find the nearest drug dealer and just be like, I think you lost this. You, I'm telling you, you, you rip, you throw it on the side of the road. 
maybe in like a, a briar patch or something. The bag rips open. There's just money laying around. You take, let's say, 25 or 30 grand. Then they'll be like, it could have been anything. It could have been an animal that took it away. I still have $970,000 that I thought I lost. I'm not going to be looking for someone who took 30 grand when it was on the side of the road in the woods. And the amateur move, Michael, is to keep one bag and return oh, the other to the police. Oh, that's just dumb. That's just asking And that's how they, that's, that's when trouble comes knocking mm-hmm. on your door. If you if you take any of the money, you cannot turn in the rest of the money. You have to pretend like you've never fucking seen it. You have to clean it with Lysol to make sure your fucking fingerprints aren't on it and run away as fast as you can. One of my favorite books is a book called it's a trilogy called uh, the first book is called Caught Stealing by a man, uh, Charlie Huston. And it's a dude who just finds five million dollars in a gym bag Hmm. and doesn't know what to do with it. And then just gets his life ruined <laughs> by multiple, multiple parties. Yep. Um, the thing is, you like you can't keep like I'm not worried about the cops here. I'm not worried about like I am worried about who's coming for that money because yep. they will find it no matter what. Not if you take a little bit. You don't get greedy. This is the, this is the rule of all crimes. Don't get greedy. It's when you go for that last job, that big score. That that thing that you aren't sure about, that's when you get caught. If I've learned anything from watching nothing but movies. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, lots of cautionary tales. If you watch Triple Frontier, if if Ben Affleck had just been happy with $15 million exactly. instead of 115, kid doesn't shoot his head off. Yep. That's a spoiler alert. Sorry. Whoops. <laughs> but that's that's a moral story. Don't get greedy, bitch. Don't get greedy. It's, that's the one rule. When you're doing illegal crimes, don't get greedy. <laughs> Michael, I need you to be so super very honest with me right now. Yep. If you found a million dollars in cash in two packs, would you take all of it? You know, you All would. of it? I definitely would not take all of it. I would not would know what to do with a million dollars in cash, and it would take too long to launder that much money. <clears throat> it, okay, the anxiety would kill me. I would definitely... Oh, I'm 100%. I would take some of it. It would be I don't know what the number would be because I'd have to I'd have to see it and see what that that number actually looks like. But there would be a number where I would take some and then dispose of the rest in a way that looked like it was just like thrown to the side of the road. Okay. so if you ever come across nine hundred and seventy thousand dollars that looks like (laughs) it was thrown in a briar patch, don't say (laughs) anything. But I have 30 grand and I will give you some. But I've I've been in the neighborhood. (laughs) So. In, well, okay, Michael. Secondary question: You said I'll give you some of the thirty thousand. Would you be a good friend and get sixty and give me thirty? So yeah, we're both I mean, complicit. We could do that. Okay. Yeah. Let's just. I That's, don't know what the no, number would be. No. But we now you're fucking it. dead, Michael. You opened your circle up. I'm the weak link. Now you're dead. Everybody's dead. No you fool. You absolute idiot. No, because uh, you're the only person I talk to, so I'd probably just tell you about it anyways. At any at some so, point. So true. And- yeah. All, all of our listener would hear too. Yeah. So shit. It's probably better if we just both know off of the podcast because otherwise I'm going to tell you it on the podcast. Right. And then we got to pay off Scrubby Josh, yeah. and Dave, and yeah, it's all tough. So many people yeah. that have to. And then it's like, what I get? $37? Then, at this point, we might have just taken the full million. Yeah. Well, man, this is tough. Because then we could take the million and we could be on a on a boat somewhere. Mm-hmm. Pirates, baby. Yeah. 
Because if there's one thing I know is that drug dealers are not on the water and can't find you on boats. So. <laughs> I'm just saying the ocean's very big. Also, not a place, a lot of, not a ton of places to spend a million dollars on the ocean. <laughs> no, I would probably spend the million dollars on the boat. Oh, or like seven fifty. Yeah. I'd spend seven fifty on the boat, and then I have to have two fifty to just pop into some islands, you know, and get and some, pretend to be rich. Yeah, yeah, for. Like a year. Yeah, but that's, that's fine, that's though. I mean, if I've stolen a million dollars, I assume that I'm going to die within a year from whoever's million dollars it was. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's like Brewster's millions. I'm just trying to spend a million dollars as fast as I can. What an outdated. That movie does not age well. <laughs> Didn't they remake it, though? With called <laughs> Mr. Deeds? <laughs> Mr. Deeds is just a is just a I think it's just a remake of Brewster's Millions. So I I will say we so some former coworkers and I tried to land on the number in like 2018 dollars that you would need to make Brewster's billions or like make it reasonable in 2018. And we couldn't come up with an actionable like it was somewhere between 500 million and like five billion dollars. Yeah, say what um I don't know what were the exact rules because there's like plenty like there are plenty of companies that you can just buy for that much money. Did I it think to, it was? Um, did it have to be like physical objects? Well, no, you can't you you can't have any assets or property held at the end of the the term. So so you can't have any assets or property, and you can't have the money. Yes. Can I just blow things up? Hmm. Because if I buy a yacht and then I don't insure it and then I blow it up, that's not a crime I, to blow up my own boat, right? Didn't that happen so, kind of in the movie? <laughs> like, I think he he tried to do something like that. Um, yeah, so he had to spend every penny of his grandfather's million within one year, resulting in no assets or property held from the wealth at the end of that time. That's so 100% like, easy. I would just eat it Alinea every, for every meal. Right. So- you could do that. No, like I could spend a million dollars in a month just fine. Sure. Um, let's see. Apparently, there was a 1921 version in which Brewster had to spend $2 million. Ooh. And somehow that went down <laughs> for the remake. <laughs> Weird. Um, yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to go to any ci- any major city and just walk into restaurants and be like, I'm paying for everyone's meal here. Okay, sorry. Brewster can choose to receive $1 million up front or attempt to inherit the entire estate by spending $30 million in 30 days. And he can he can donate 5% charity or, or lose 5% and lose 5% by gambling. So. That would be the only time that I would go on a lucky streak to end all lucky streaks. Would never lose a bet. Yeah. yeah 100%. You're like, well, all I right, tried Michael. to gamble away 5%, but now I have an extra $37 million. I think it's at least five hundred million. It's in 30 at days. least. I think so. All right. What do you got, Michael? Uh I mean, we could talk about the toad. I kinda wanna talk about this guy who just emerged emerged from a seventy five day silent retreat on yeah, June. Tell me 4th. about that. I didn't read that one. Tell me all about it. So you know those those movies like 28 days later where the guy comes out of the coma or or like uh obviously the walking dead walking dead guy yeah. comes out of the coma and he's just like holy shit what the fuck happened well 
imagine that you came just came out of a 75-day silent retreat on June 4th. Or sorry, on May 23rd. Story was from June 4th. So May 23rd. So two and a half months before May 23rd would have been like the beginning of March, right? Yeah. So he probably missed the beginning of COVID by so like two he, weeks. Right. So he missed the beginning of COVID. And then he just comes out 75 days later. And there's just a pandemic that literally has like 250,000 cases. And then this is not even talking about the fact that like seven days later, we have some of the biggest protests across the country of all time. And he's just like, I you just go back. I, would, I mean, you, you have to work right? for 75 days. Why would why would you need to start? Like you, you go back, right? Like there's no I'm going back to that cabin. Yeah. Also. Also. I'm a, was he renting this cabin? <laughs> it's so it's a remote northwestern Vermont cabin. He's part of a okay. Buddhist monastic community. Okay, and so uh, he. <laughs> so it's it's a thing that they do. You do these silent meditation retreats, and I, we've had a couple of friends who have done like the the week long ones or like three four days or whatever. Um, I clearly could not do even like a maybe like four hours silent meditation retreat. I don't know. I'd lose my mind. So, yeah. Michael, I know we give a lot of shit to journalism in this country and how they treat certain stories. This is written by Ellen Barry of the New York Times Company. The way she writes this article <laughs> is so infuriating. Um, so on it, it's like during the 75 days in isolation, his hair had grown out. The last snow of winter had melted and the trees had budded. Frogs had come out of hibernation and begun peeping. First of all, frogs don't peep. They croak <laughs> like mad. They fucking suck. Eat shit. Maybe she's Up talking next. about peeping like peepers, like eyes. Well, oh, true. No, she meant beep, beep, making cute frog noises. But no, they're... So they're I great. guess you've already got to the point where it says what this dude does as a job, quote unquote job. Yeah, go ahead and read that. Read just his, the, the, the commas of his job. A podcaster and enthusiastic online philosopher, which as a podcaster... Mm-hmm. I can tell like you that int- that doesn't make any money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm assuming there's a reason he's living in a, a, a Buddhist <laughs> monastery. Um, first, and also, second of all, being an enthousi- enthusiastic online philosopher, I'd like to introduce him to my online philosophy, of which is eat my whole ass. Um, <laughs> how, are you next- an- how is that something you use... Do you think he used that to describe himself? So, so she used it in the column. Yeah, I hope it's on his fucking business card. Enthusiastic online philosopher. What the fuck does that mean? Does that mean you go onto people's Twitter and you respond to them with some bullshit thing that sounds like, "Hey, let's talk about game theory." (laughs) (laughs) Like, is that what is that what enthusiastic online philosophizing is? Well, you see, the Roadrunner really represents the Coyote's uh, fully realized dream. To um, actually, hold on. Okay, so his Twitter account does not necessarily list uh, 
online philosopher as his as his profession well but, daniel thorson sounds like a giant fucking tool yeah first of all the first thing if if the first thing he tweeted coming out of this was did i miss anything eat shit um but second of all i really have to i call into question the writing here again <laughs> after thorson a podcaster and enthusiastic online philosopher had also missed 75 news cycles yeah, that's and huh. first of all, it's days. Yeah. Second of all, you're a journalist. Third of all, there have been 18 million news cycles mm-hmm. in the last 100 days, <laughs> and you cannot convince me otherwise. We have lived 50,000 years in the last three months. Yeah, I and that's science. Yeah, I mean, somehow, like when you think about how long it's been that we've been in isolation or like social distancing. It seems like it hasn't been two and a half months or three months, but it has. But also it does feel like anything that happened before this started was literally seven years ago. Mm hmm. Minimum. And like and I get that like it's actually it's it's I feel personally attacked with this with Ellen here, Ellen Barry calling him a podcaster when we are the only legal podcast allowed legally binding and like i know we've taken some time off but still the law says just till sorry just till um oh man i need i really need to dissect the things that ellen barry and i guess daniel here thought were important to list that he was he felt it was important and monumental to discover about the world the, when he came out of does isolation. it start does the does the does, does it start with re-engaging uh, no, the paragraph before that. Ooh, okay. He learned of Boris Johnson's hospitalization and his recovery. Oh, well, He thank learned that meatpacking plants had emerged as pockets of infection wow. and death. Yeah, okay. He learned that his cousin had met her new love interest on social media distance dating sites, or social distance dating site website, and that there's now such a thing as a Zoom channel devoted to ecstatic dance. What? That's all? That's everything? That's... Those are the big four that you discovered? Daniel? Ellen? That's what you thought <laughs> was important that has happened? You fucking clowns? <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, well, first of all, like, he's... What does he care about Boris Johnson's hospitalization and recovery? Literally, no Nothing. one gives a shit. No. He didn't die. No one gives a shit. The meatpacking plant part, that was like... That was literally a story for like 15 minutes. Let's be honest. Yeah, because of all the other really important shit that was like, yeah, sorry, Upton Sinclair called. We don't give a shit. Like, he learned that his cousin met her new love interest. That one's good. That's like a good personal thing to be like, oh, wow, this is something that didn't exist before I went in and it exists now and she's even met somebody on it. I'll give him that one. One out of four. That's, yeah, important. Yeah. Zoom channel devoted to ecstatic. What? Not so much. A Zoom? Come on. Also, people wanted to talk to him. They compared him to Rip Van Winkle, the fictional character who falls asleep in the Catskills and wakes up 20 years later to discover that his beard is a foot long and the United States is no longer ruled by the British crown. Never read it or saw it yeah. or heard about it. I've only heard of the, the bourbon. Um, Can we back up one one paragraph, though? Yeah. Re-engaging mm-hmm. with his mom, with the supermarket, with the internet, was at times intensely pleasurable other times it was just intense okay you cannot 
put in the interstitial there, his mom, the supermarket, and the internet, and then mm-hmm. say intensely pleasurable in the same sentence. Nope. 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 Because that can't do that. Nope. It's either you fucked some some produce <laughs> in the store or something bad with your mom. Yeah. Why why would that be the wording that you would use? I don't like Alan Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, so this really though did actually remind me and I'm glad it wasn't this long, but early days of quarantine, I think it was March 18th. So Wednesday when I think lockdown really started on that Saturday. So like the 15th Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on Wednesday, 18th. Jared Leto emerged from a silent meditation retreat and had totally missed out on the coronavirus pandemic news because he had 12 days ago began a silent meditation in the desert. I think Jack Dorsey, owner of Twitter, had done or founder of Twitter, had also done a similar thing. And I cannot tell you how glad I am that it wasn't Jared Leto who woke, who came out of the fucking woods 80 days into this pandemic. And was just like, because... Daniel Thorson is insufferable here. I'm already dreading Jared Leto. I'm already dreading the movie of this dude's like experience. Spoiler alert. He will be played by Jared Leto. <laughs> 100%. Like you can't. He, and frankly, this dude kind of fucking looks like Jared Leto, which is honestly a crime against me personally. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> I, I, I'm glad. I mean, Michael, I'm probably just jealous that this guy got to avoid the world for 75 days. Like, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, but, like, I've been avoiding the world for 75 days as well. <laughs> That's true. Just not just not the, the media aspect of it. Just the personal contact part of it. But, okay, here's the thing, though. Can you imagine... So, I, I guess early March. I don't... Can you imagine leaving the world, being like, well, I guess we dodged World War Three. <laughs> European Union's crumbling. Australia's on fire. I'm going to go into the woods for a mm-hmm. minute. I'm going to let and all this blow ba- over. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> when I get out, they're going to figure this all out. We'll be ready to go. So, important question. He was at a community. A monastic community. Yep. Do you think anyone there either came in later or like had a secret, I don't know, radio <laughs> that they were tapped into and then they were just like, you know what? No one needs to know. We're just going to let these guys chill. <laughs> I mean, you can't talk to them, right? It's a whole, the whole thing is supposed to be silent. So like, even if you did know, you, once you enter the 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 community i I believe you have to be silent so like you it's not even like you'd have to write it down i guess it was a silent retreat okay and then at that point it's like why did you write this down for me you could have just not done this we didn't have to do this yeah i actually was fine i was actually pretty cool not know explicitly not knowing this was great Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is fun (laughs) so he ventured into Shaw's supermarket, eager for human contact. But what he found instead was anxiety. <laughs> and when he passed people, their eyes darted around as they were scanning for threats. One thing that seemed to scare them was Thorson, 
who had not gotten used to social distancing. (laughs) Get the fuck away from you, weird hippie. Oh, man. So they had just ended communication with their families and the internet when state governments began banning large gatherings. He began to get emails and phone calls from his students' families insisting that he end the silent retreat. Everyone wanted their children to come home immediately, but he refused, saying they should be allowed to finish their week of silence. (laughs) Goodness. Um, (laughs) Michael, can you... I I don't even necessarily know how to process this. I don't even know if it makes me angry or just tired. (laughs) The last two paragraphs of this article... On day three, after he returned to the modern world, Thorson restored color to the screen of his mobile phone, which had been locked in grayscale throughout his retreat. Okay. But he found the colors now hurt his eyes. The red on the phone is nothing like the red of a flower, he said. It was kind of a super stimulating thing. And so on day four, he set it back to grayscale. And that is where it has remained. Is that supposed to fucking mean something? So he he looks at his phone in grayscale. Like, the world also, is still he in just color. Ha- did he just have his fucking phone on the whole time? Yeah, I don't, and he, like, did, he wasn't getting COVID but updates? But it was in grayscale, and he turned off. He turned it on airplane mode, Kush. And there's no Wi-Fi in the, in the commune. Grayscale is basically an, an N95 mask for content, <laughs> as we all know. If you, you can do everything you want on the internet as long as it's in grayscale. It's like you mm-hmm. can do anything just... you want just through a hole in the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> that or does through remind a hole that... in the wall, I guess, like the like New York s- State. Yeah, I was going to say that I do. I, that did remind me the New York Public Health Department yeah. uh, issued a statement saying, hey, use glory holes yeah. <laughs> for, your, for your safety. Put something in between you. <laughs> like I a mean, wall. I mean, if I had to listen to the government, uh, I guess I'll do it. Also, real quick, I got to tell you, there's been, Michael, are you, feel, are you familiar with, are you familiar with Agile? Like, I assume yes. you are the, like, yeah, yeah engineering. As, a, as opposed to Waterfall? Yeah, the, you know, development framework. Mm-hmm. I have been hit over the head. Like, it just showed up when I searched hashtag shower thoughts on Twitter. <laughs> this ad for... Agile CX Week, so Customer Experience Week. Um, it's a webinar series for three days straight, which sounds like my goddamn nightmare. But the art for the conference, I'm going to send it to you, and I need <laughs> you just say one word or like one thing that this image reminds you. Like for an ad, what is it? Ready? One, two, three, go. Uh, condoms. Yep, there it is. Condoms or lube. Yeah, it looks like it's a just, condom wrapper. It looks like a like a Trojan. It's like a blue and pink wave, like wave gradient. Yeah, with just black kind of, in it, the background. It looks like that, like his and hers, fire and ice. Yeah, like, lube and then the way like from, agile is written, kind of looks yeah, like the. It's like the very sensual yeah, and soft. Like yeah. this is very much the. And KY, it says like, nice and hers. in the corner. It does say fucking nice. It doesn't help. No. I've seen this literally every time I've opened Twitter for the last five days straight, and it's ridiculous. (laughs) It's agile. It's not the agile. It's not the development. It's uh, how agile are you, Kush? Nice. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, it's info.nice.com, which is... Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Info.nice.69420. Michael, I have a shower thought for you okay. real quick. Yes. 
four minutes ago from Aaron Dorville on Twitter. I think crude is probably the most essential oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what do you got for me? Closes out. Uh so you've probably heard that sports sports is trying to make a comeback. All the leagues mm-hmm. are trying to figure out how we can do this safely. Uh, some of the soccer leagues in Europe have started up again without fans, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. Um, but the NBA has decided to do something a little bit different. They've decided to go to Orlando, which I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Florida is one of the big hot spots right now. They're going to Orlando, yeah, just- but they're going to be on a quote unquote bubble where they're only going to be certain people are allowed to be in this bubble of these nba teams bubble owned by which disney mega corporation disney world the disney bubble yeah disney bubble thank you yes yes, yes, yes. it's the disney bubble which i guess makes sense they own espn which is a big nba sponsor uh but yeah so they're going to be in the disney bubble but there's so many weird rules kush mm-hmm 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 so it's basically sounds like a weird big brother situation. So like anyone who tests positive for COVID must enter quote unquote isolation housing. So it'll be a separate facility where it's basically they go to timeout to, to make sure they're not spreading COVID to the rest of the bubble, but also not letting them out into the world because they want them to be able to play later, I guess. Yeah, well, and you also raised, you you mentioned the COVID smart rings uh, that apparently only rich people can get that will, (laughs) within 95% accuracy, predict if they will get COVID by monitoring heart rate. It says, okay, it says it, it, it monitors for COVID symptoms with a, with a 90% accuracy. So that's just like increased heart rate, increased temperature and some other stuff. But yeah, it is, they're making some radical claims about this ring. Okay, Michael. Well, I do have to say, though, you bring up an interesting point, and I don't know that I've seen this anywhere, but I have to assume that Disney, which owns a network television, ABC mm-hmm. and ESPN, mm-hmm. starving for content. They can't do production right now. If they do not pair the NBA living in, like playing in this Disney bubble with a like real world, real housewives, bachelor style. Like honestly, they could do 15 variations of whatever TV show they want based on every single team and whatever or crossover events with like every team living here. Like if they don't have 24 hour live streams of all of these players, like they are doing me, a dis- me personally a disservice, this country a disservice and the NBA a disservice by not really just putting them all into reality. And the best part is they already have factions because there are three separate hotels that all the teams have split into already. Mm -hmm. It's like a survivor situation. You already have the team set up. Uh, And frankly, I'll be honest with you. NBA is secondary to me at this point. I like if they just had like, I mean, even if it was like a shit, they could do like survivor type games. They could do like, like America's game night, like just weird, like mini golf tournaments. They, ha- I'm sure that's a Disney. And NBA anyway. players gamble on everything. everything. 
That is another rule. They have to throw away the playing cards after each game. Also, can I gamble with or on those NBA players <laughs> in the games that they're not playing basketball with? Maybe. Like, if I could put $5 on a hand along with somebody, like, yeah, great. James Harden, what you got? What are you holding? Show me Here's those whole cards, James. Um, and if you weren't totally on board the uh, NBA real world big brother. Michael, I am. This needs to be a full content experience, 24 hours a day. There's one more positive to this. Okay. They're still testing for performance enhancing drugs. Good. But all testing for recreational drugs like marijuana will be suspended for the remainder of the 2020 season. Important question. What happens if they are, I don't know, go to the the confessional booth (laughs) and just are smoking (laughs) mad J's in there? Hey, they're not not getting tested. They're not getting tested. So it could be anything. It could have been oregano. It could have been tobacco. Yeah. That wacky tobacco. It could have been marijuana, but you can't prove mm-hmm. it. Because how would you? You can't test you me. You can't Go smell through the TV, and you can't test me. I mean, frankly, Michael, I swear to God, this this could solve so many, like, honestly. So how many, how many players? They said 35 people per team. And how there's many, 22 like, teams. Many? So that's like 700 okay, so people. 700 people. Yeah. Okay. We could literally replace every network television <laughs> show with NBA players for a year. It's like Certainly one every... just watching them play cards, one just watching them get high as shit, one watching them do weird survivor style games. No, Michael, Wipe you're, out. you're thinking No, Michael, you're thinking way too small. Oh. I want like recreations. <laughs> I want the full cast of the Timberwolves to be <laughs> We're doing how how to get away with murder this year. The Atlanta Hawks, yep, Modern Family. You guessed Everyone it. Everyone has to pick a different TV show. The Mavericks, they're the Good Doctor, obviously. Obviously, like that to me. This there's such an opportunity here for content synergies, which you know I'm all about. Yeah, just like, recreate your this. favorite episodes. No, Michael, you I want, want new no. content. I want brand no, I don't want recreation. Brand new content. Wow. They don't they like they don't miss a beat at all. Like I want the Knicks to be the Connors or the Goldbergs. Like whatever family they is now on ABC. <laughs> Fuck, dude. No, like they like inhabit each of these characters. Like I want I want James Harden to be playing a twelve year old Jewish. Does boy. it have to be shows that are on the air right now, or can we can we reach back and like resurrect old shows? I mean, I'd prefer if we just get to keep going, but like, I mean, like, I want to see Perfect Strangers with like Giannis and Robin Lopez or something, you know? I mean, if the Thunder want to redo Frasier, I'm not going to stop. That's what I'm saying. Like, this to Michael, this is such an opportunity because, like, again, like, again, I work for a company driven, I, I work in marketing and advertising, and we can't do production right now. This can have like they're in a bubble it's clean disney and espn have all the cameras in the world just do it and fuck have an american idol night i don't care do whatever you want speaking of which though what what tv show is going to be the first one to try to recreate the nba bubble with a with a production bubble the bachelor they're already doing it, it's aren't got- they? <laughs> yeah no the, the bachelor is coming back i don't know if okay non-reality tv show Oh, um, like, can any of them do that? It would have to be one that doesn't shoot on a lot of location, right? It would have to be a soundstage one for sure. I feel like they could do like one of the 
CSI New York or some shit. Maybe. Um, Just everyone has to live, eat, and sleep in in uh, the studio. Maybe Jeopardy. I bet they could do Jeopardy. That's true. They should do Jeopardy. They should do Jeopardy and just put the, they just have to put the, the podium six feet away. No big deal. Podium six feet away, put some plexiglass up and no no audience. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, I want this to happen so fucking bad, I can't even tell you. So what are, needs what is your what are your feelings on the crowd noise being pumped in versus just the silent stadium? Uh good. I need that because I don't like laugh tracks, but if like there honestly something that's been so difficult for me has been watching first of all John Oliver's show oh. because it's so fucking grim. Yeah. But like watching him crack jokes which are like legitimately funny but then like it's just him in a white room and just playing off of it super tough. Um, it is but it kind of reminds me of the the old talk soup you know, Joel McHale yeah. were the only people that were laughing were like the production people. But like, you don't even get that. So th- the only upside for this, because like, for, I, and I think it's basketball explicitly. I I need the crowd noise because like the sneakers on hardwood <laughs> really grinds my gears. <laughs> but Michael, so important. If they're mic, if they mic up the players and I get to hear trash talk nonstop. Now I'm in. That's the thing, though, is like in an empty arena, though everything echoes so you wouldn't even need to mic up the players you would just you it would still pick it, it up on all of the mics they have yeah. anywhere mm-hmm. that's what i want to hear i don't want them to try to i feel like they're going to try to somehow suppress the 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 shit talking but like just give me one channel even if it's like hbo or some shit one channel where i get to listen to nba trash talk and that's honestly like I want that. And I I saw a couple spring uh like spring training baseball games years ago where they would just randomly mm-hmm. mic up like an outfielder and then interview him during the in- complete inning because nothing fucking happens in baseball. And it is the most pure content. And honestly, if you just like once like every inning you just rotate who's getting mic'd up and you just ask them what their favorite conspiracy theory <laughs> is and like randomly call balls and strikes. That is pure, con- like, that's what I would actually watch a baseball game on TV. Yeah, 100%. Like, share your favorite conspiracy theory. Tell me about a cool sandwich you had one time. Like, base- like baseball players are built for that yes. shit. It's the dumbest sport filled by the dumbest people willing to talk about the dumbest shit because they have so much time to kill. So much time with the same people. Mm-hmm. You have to have so many stories. And I, I have to tell you, baseball players have them. Like... <laughs> Oh man, they're just—it's just so dumb. We need it. <laughs> if if things don't dramatically change in the way that we present sports in this country after this, we have failed as a society. Yep. And like, there are a number of measures by which we have already failed as a society. Like, Most of them. We've we've talked about a lot of them already. But if we can't come together as a nation and just mic up our sports players and let them let them do Grey's Anatomy or recreate Lost in Orlando, <laughs> god damn it, we have just why are we even here? Society is worthless and we've we're we've done nothing. We've accomplished nothing. Ah. <laughs> uh, I can't top that. That was that speech that felt like uh that felt like the climax of a of a movie, right? Like right before you go like fight the aliens or some shit kind of kind mm-hmm. of speech. Yeah. This is our independence day. And there's Gene Tapman or Gene, Gene Tapman <laughs> taps his heart with a newspaper and says, heart, 
and just walks away. <laughs> yeah. We need to do better, Michael. That's all. I will, that's my line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And this is this far and no farther. <laughs> Michael, it's been lovely talking with you, buddy. Everyone, if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, we're back. We'll probably be back again unless, I don't know, something else really bad happens next uh, yeah, week. Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, but uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find out more information about this show and our sister show, Longest Days of Our Lives, at uh, our website, which still does not have... I don't know what most people would call content, content, but you can find out most things about the show and what we have written at goodbuddymedia.com. Um, Longest Days of Our Lives is our sister show. That's where me and Michael and our good buddy Curtis are watching every single episode of The Hit Show 24. Haven't done that in a second. Um, again, mostly because it does really center around a virulent virus that is killing a lot of people. Mm. Um, yep. But I think we're going to try. We just got to get Curtis on a schedule. Maybe when we're together in a couple of months if I don't have that Rona. Um, <laughs> We'll just record like 18 episodes. Yep. Just knock it out. Just, just um, do a 24-hour binge sesh. You know what? We might as well. Yeah. But if you like this show, you would like that one, even if you've never seen 24. It's fun. We're just goofing around and making fun of uh, a really stupid show that I would also like to see recreated by NBA players. Oh. Actually, explicitly, I want it recreated by NBA players right now. Yeah. Who would Damn, play Jack Michael Bauer, Hall's though? Who would play Jack I don't know the NBA well enough mm. to make that call. I I can't really. Yeah, I mean, it has to be that. LeBron, right? No, I th- no, I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's a wild card enough to be Jack Bauer. Oh, that's true. Or loyal enough. Oh, that's true. Got him. Got him. I do know that much about the NBA. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael, how uh, actually everyone write in, write a five star review and say who should be, which NBA players should be Jack Bauer. Thank you very much. Uh, Michael, how else can people help us out? Uh, you can help us out by finding us on your podcast app by searching for trends in low places and uh, smashing that subscribe button. Um, ring that bell, baby. Ring that bell. Uh, and, um, like Kush said, if you'd be so kind to give us a five-star rating and a glowing review while also telling us who would play Jack Bauer in the NBA recreation of the hit show 24. Ooh, because it's like 24 seconds NBA... like on a shot clock. Hey, whoa, shit, ah. homie. Now we're talking. Or which NBA player would be The Bachelor and which of these, <laughs> which of which other NBA player would they wind up with? <laughs> And and which one would be a dramatic just, you know, show up? Mm-hmm. James Harden. It would be James Harden. 100%. Yep. Um, you can also reach us on the Twitter at TILPcast. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're there. So follow us there and uh, tweet at us. Send us some stories. Um, and... Uh, did you say goodbuddymedia at gmail.com? You say that one? I didn't, huh? but yeah, yeah, that's where we Email is there as well, too. You know, somebody was, somebody today, I think it was on the one of the podcaster Facebook groups, was like, hey, you know what would be cool if there was like a way to like have comments underneath it, like in a podcast? Like, I don't know how yeah. that would work exactly, because it'd have to be like podcast app specific, but like. Right. I feel like more people would interact if it was like immediate. Like you could immediately just be like, "Oh, that like in that that time frame, you know," and just react yeah, to no, it. I mean, you know, on one hand, sounds cool, and I would love to have more like real time interaction, like specifically tied to like really funny shit that we say on the podcast because yeah. we say it, we do it so yep. often. Um, it 
does kind of hove dangerously close to YouTube commentary, though, once when we're talking about it in that way. And I don't know if I am physically and spiritually and emotionally prepared for YouTube comments. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, when we once we get people actually commenting on it yeah no we're gonna have somebody go through there and call all of the bad ones before we see them oh good yeah okay. obviously yeah, please, please protect my fragile <laughs> obviously psyche. we'll have to pay someone to do it but it's totally worth it um yeah i think that's it yeah that's it well uh michael it's been lovely talking to you buddy love you love you too toodles